now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. All right, Dave Wilson joining us on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Dave, great to see you last night. Kind of a fun gathering. Baylor, uh, some some of the Baylor coaches and that kind of thing. And uh, that's a fun um, and young staff that Dave Aranda has put together. It's also great to, to meet your son and get to visit with him a little bit and see what's going on in his life. Dave, welcome back to the show. Appreciate you, Matt. Good to see you, too. Yeah, yeah. Now, did you uh, did you come away from that thinking any differently than you did about the Bears? I mean, as you kind of get – we get closer to the season. The Bears reported today – you know, this really feels like, to me, a big X-Factor team in the Big 12. I, I think this thing could go either way. All those home games bode well for the Bears. Eight home games. That's a that's a record for Baylor. Um, as you started to kind of zero in on this, where does where your gut tell you the Bears are? After, obviously, last year being a letdown, predicted to win it, the conference, and then not finishing well at all. Where where are you kind of think? What do you where are you on this Baylor team right now? Yeah, they're they're a real mystery. Uh, you know, for a variety of reasons. Obviously, you know, I don't think anyone was happy with the uh, production last year on offense, uh, particularly a quarterback. And you know, Coach Grimes, I think believes a lot of that has to do with the surrounding cast and and the speed and the deep threats and things that that could have helped. Uh, could have helped shape. And so I think that'll be interesting to watch. You know, the one fascinating thing about this, these Dave Aranda era at Baylor is they're really, they really rarely are out of a game. I mean, they've, there's been only a couple games that they really weren't competitive. I mean, this first year, that opening game against Oklahoma state, and then last year against a really and those. And then last year against a really good Kansas state team. But other than that, I mean, they are down to the wire and most games are within, you know, a score or two. So they just feel like they're right there. Um, and it just, if the breaks go their way, I mean, a lot of that's what we've seen in this conference for like the last three years. It's you, you have no clue who's going to win. I don't even try to guess, um, you know, in the preseason media polls and, uh, and then the seasons tend to play out that way. So I don't, I don't know. I think they are a factor because everyone knows that they're going to be well coached and disciplined. And it's just a matter of, uh, you know, if they can get the offense clicking. What do you think of Matt Pallage? Uh, coming in as defensive coordinator. He's been on this staff. He went to Oregon. He's come back and apparently brought just a ton of energy to the staff. They they wanted to have a different direction at that coordinator position. It's always interesting under a defensive guru like Aranda, um, you know, to coach uh, defense under a guy like Aranda. But he's going to be able to call the plays. What are you kind of hearing and thinking about uh, Pallage and the kind of impact he could have on this Baylor team? I think that one of the things Dave Aranda is fascinating for a variety of reasons. I mean, we've discussed that, you know, I I got to write that story about him last year. I just think think he's one of the most interesting people in the sport. Um, And then for him to make the move that he made to let Ron Roberts, who's one of his oldest mentors, go to bring in a, a young guy, I mean, that says a lot about what he believes in in Pallage. So uh, he, you know, Dave does not wait around long when he decides to do something. And he, you know, he did it with his offensive staff after year one, and he did it uh, again last year after year three. And I just think 
um, you know, he knows what he wants there. And I, I, I'll tell you, I haven't had a lot of deep conversations with him about stylistic things or anything like that. But I do think, you know, the, like what you talked about earlier, being there last night, seeing the makeup of the staff, it is a young staff. It's a lot of energy, a lot of really uh, interesting guys. It's a unique opportunity to get to meet them. But I, I talked to Coach Pallage earlier this year, and I, you know, he's just grateful to be back home. Um, and I think it's going to be, you know, he's a guy that, that um, has a chance to work under a, a great defensive coach. And I, I think, you know, the, it'll be interesting. I have no idea what to expect. I'll be honest with you. I don't know what they're going to look like or how they're going to break in some of these, some of these new guys. But I think, um, you know, it's a fascinating move to, to fire a sort of a longtime mentor of yours to bring in a young guy like Matt, who, who has been there before, obviously, but he, he must have known what he wanted for him to come back. Have you made the trip to uh, uh, College Station to check on Jimbo and, uh, boy, his exciting new offensive coordinator there? That turned a lot of heads. Uh, Bobby P., back in the business. Um, what, do you, what do you make about uh, what's going on at Texas A&M? And, and, of course, that second year with that quarterback, um, I mean, he can move. He can move around a little bit. I think there's excitement about the guy coming after him, as always seems to be the case at Texas A&M. Um, are you, uh, where, where are you with the Ags, your, uh, your, your alma mater? A little low on the eggs, Matt, to be honest with you. I think it's, uh, you know, the talent is not the problem. It never is. It's sort of like the other team over there in Austin. Um, and it's just, you know, I have not made the trip. It's not a very, it's not a place where the head coach enjoys uh, the visiting company of reporters very much. So we don't, <laughs> we're not over there. That's not, that's not why I'm, uh, I'm down on them. You know, I'm not, I don't want to hear the, the fans say, oh, you just don't like them because you don't have access, all that stuff we always hear. But, you know, it's uh, it's an it's just a fascinating thing when you give a guy that um, has that much ego, that much money, and that much guaranteed, and then they're surprised that you know he kind of does what he wants. Um, it's been a it's been a pretty rough experiment for the Aggies there, and I think if if you know we all know, I mean, they lost a lot of games by by a uh, score or less last year, despite being absolutely inept on offense, you know, nine first downs against App State. And, uh, and you just think if he lets Petrino do his thing, the guy can call plays. We know that he's done that before um, and they can score, but that's the thing. He can't seem to answer the question on if he's willing to let him, let it be his offense or not, you know, and he always talks about we, 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 uh, when he talks about him and Petrino. And so, I don't think their offenses are as similar as Jimbo seems to think they are, but um, I think it's uh, it's going to be a fascinating experiment, and I don't think uh, the Aggies are going to let it linger if they have another embarrassing season because it's you know despite all the money, I just think there's there's too much uh, at stake here. They they generally can come up with money if they need to these. Uh... <laughs> these Aggies, and so it'll be interesting uh, to watch. Dave Wilson joining us on the uh, Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Uh, The Pac-12 news continues to come out. Uh, Big Ten now reportedly forming an exploratory uh, group to perhaps expand uh, the conference. I mean, Dave, this is kind of wild times. And then FSU had to get involved, didn't they? Florida State today, the ACC. Hey, we're uh, we're we're looking to make a move over here. Uh, it's kind of like once realignment starts, teams don't want to miss out. 
It's like, hey, we don't we don't know if we want to wait till the next round. We might want to be a part of this. I mean, does this does this excite you? I mean, it is fun to talk about, but it also is kind of sad because we're losing a lot of the great rivalries. Now you're getting the Texas Texas A and M thing that's coming back to us. But what what is your gut? I mean, when you see the Pac-12 in the kind of state it's in, I mean. It, do you? I mean, this thing could not. I mean, this could by by the end of the week or in two weeks, you could almost not have a Pac-12 moving forward. Um, where do you see this thing going with the Pac-12? And do you think the Big 12 will have Arizona and perhaps even two more schools with Arizona State and Utah in it? Here, maybe even the next few weeks. I can't tell you that I think that the Big 12 will, but I think there's a greater chance that they will than they won't because I just think I think that the, the reckoning has come for the Pac-12, you know, the sort of the idea that they were always, you know, um, the the schools that they that prided themselves on academics and not athletics and 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 that's great and I and I respect that and that's the way it probably should be, but that's not the way the college football world works and you know, when you're not, the fan support is not there and you have places like Oregon sticks out kind of like a sore thumb, really, in terms of fan support and enthusiasm for football um, places like that. And so it just you kind of have, you know, a lot of schools that are that are willing to go all in on football. And then you have the, the half the conference. And really, that was the recipe for the demise of the Southwest Conference. You have half the conference that can't draw and can't compete and it's just never gonna it's never gonna work. And so I think that's the thing in the in the modern era. Now I think when you ask me, does realignment excite me? Absolutely not. I mean it's you know, if we all had our druthers, we I mean we would still be we I think you and I and plenty of other people around here would love to have the Southwest Conference the way it was. But um, you know, you're getting to a point where I truly believe, like a lot of people do, and I'm not not saying anything groundbreaking here, that there will be a premier league of sorts of 32 teams or something like that that are at the top level and i think that there's probably a there's probably time for that i mean there are teams that like you know you talked about they never seem to have a problem with the money at a&m there's schools like that they don't ever seem to have the money and then there's all these other schools that are never going to be at that level and why not give them a chance to win in their own regard i mean there's probably like 10 teams every year right now that actually have a legitimate chance to win a national championship and is that is that the way it ought to be probably not um, so it's just a matter of, of the musical chairs are going to continue until everything shakes out and there's just the haves and the, and the others. They're trying to get us some of the SWC back with the Cougars yeah. coming back, with Houston coming back into the Big 12. I mean, uh, SMU may go to the Pac-12. If I'm SMU, I'm kind of taking a wait and see. Why go join something that looks like it's burning right now? I'd be right. making a I'd be making a power move toward the the Big Twelve, a group if that's could, growing yeah, for sure as we speak. Yeah, what about the Dion stuff? I mean, is the Colorado coming back? Isn't that funny with UT leaving? It's like okay, it's safe to come back now. We're <laughs> UT's gone. The reason everybody pretty much left, they're leaving. People are coming back now. Do you? I mean, is the Colorado thing? That's going to be exciting, isn't it? I mean, to see what Dion can do. And are you pretty leery of Dion, like I am? I mean, it's fun, and I'll watch to see what happens. But it's hard to think you can just bring fifty or sixty people in the portal and turn a, and flip a program. But it'd be fun to see if you know, watch him try. I guess. Oh, I'm with you. I mean, it's uh, it's 
it's good for uh, it's good for business. I'll tell you that because no one knows what it's going to be, and it's um, you know, and to have that be the opening week game against one team that had an uh, extremely unlikely season last year, and then another team that no one knows what they are this year. I think there's going to be a lot of attention on that game um, with TCU in Colorado. But I, I'm with you. I think it's hard. I don't think people understand, you know, how many of these uh, bits and pieces come into play, the chemistry, things like that. It's a hard to mash that together pretty quickly. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know how much the, – the interesting thing about the portal, right, in recruiting, you get to know a kid. You get to know his family. You get to know his teachers. You get to know all this stuff. In the portal, man, it's speed dating. And so how do you know that the guys are who they are when they get there? Um, so I think that'll be a fascinating experiment, but I'm not sure. And I'm not dismissing Dion as a personality or as a, a guy that's a change agent, but I just think it's going to be a tough, tough haul to overhaul it all in one, you know, one off season. Did you ever give speed dating a try? Have you ever been a part of something like that? No, man, I was pre, I was, we were locked down over here in, uh, in up in East Texas, my, my wife and I. I was lucky that we didn't have the uh, dating apps or the speed dating then, or I would have been I would have been doomed. <laughs> Dave Wilson, ESPN, joining the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. What about the uh, What about the Horns? Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, isn't it funny that if they don't win the Big 12 title, they're being positioned as like it's a failure of a season? Like honestly, if they make the Big 12 title game. That should be an enormous breakthrough in a celebration. Yet the way they're being presented as it would be like some kind of big failure if they don't win it all. I mean, only at Texas could something like this happen. When a team hasn't – how long has it been since they've been in the Big 12 title game, Dave? You probably know off wow. the top of your head. I mean, that's a good I, – I, I'm forgetting, but I know they, this is the first time they've been picked to win the conference since 2009, yeah. which is insane. Um, but you know what? I think Sark has a lot to do with it. Sark stands up every chance he gets and says, the roster, I love the roster. The roster is where I wanted it to be. It's finally the roster I needed. Camaraderie on the team is better than it's been before. I mean, he's setting the table for a lot of these expectations himself. You know, Vegas had them at nine and a half wins over under, and Sark's never won more than nine games of his career despite being at, a, a, you know, a couple of places – a few places with uh, some college football history in Washington, USC, and Texas. So I think that there are big expectations. He's embracing that. You know, yesterday he say, he came out and said, uh, you know, we can uh, we can either, uh, you know, we're the University of Texas. We embrace the hate. And so uh, I'm all for that. <laughs> but, um, you know, I do think that's an interesting way to spin it in your last year is like, well, we're not – not everybody's coming for us. We're coming for them. And I find that very interesting. And I, I'm, you know, you talked about the Southwest conference coming back. I mean, some of these games are going to be, can you imagine the scene in Houston when they finally get their chance to play Texas after all these years? Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be so much fun. And um, I'm just really looking forward to, to this, this farewell tour this year. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I think it will. Bears aren't Baylor's not even playing OU or OSU this year. Also BYU, he had some good religious stuff going. They took BYU <laughs> off the schedule. I mean, I kind of, I kind of hate that. I was looking at this ESPN thing today, Dave. By the way, the the uh, the quarterback U is is USC threatening to take it over from OU. Well, yeah, I mean, if you count taking OU's quarterbacks, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, that seems kind of weird. I mean, USC's had great quarterbacks over the years. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, I think Oklahoma 
has been the strongest over the past five to ten years, going back to Baker and who was before Baker. Baker, Kyler, well, you know, that whole... Landry Jones, yeah. Jason, yes, I mean, Jason yes. White. Come on. Yes, yes. Yeah, and the... Yeah, the, the, uh, the uh... <laughs> yeah, they've been... Uh, you know, it's funny It's funny to imagine, uh, you know, 20 years ago that anyone would say, you know, Oklahoma was QBU, but uh, hiring Mike Leach uh, that year sure changed quite a bit for their program. And, and, and it is... You know, I talked to Hal Mummy about this the other day. I said, could you have imagined when you were at Copper's Cove in the 80s coming up with an offense that would transform USC and Oklahoma into teams that throw the ball 50 times a game? And he said, that's kind of crazy when you think about it. I said, it's very crazy. So uh, it is remarkable, but um, sort of it's a testament to all those guys that came in and sort of changed football. Had Hal and Mike Leach hung in there and, like, you know, been friends through it all, or what? What was their, uh, what? What's their relationship been been like over? You know, before we lost Mike here recently. Yeah, I mean, Hal said Mike was like his brother. I mean, they were, they were still tight. They talked all the time. Um, you know, I talked to Hal that week. You know, there was a lot of rumors that Mike was going to retire. Um, I had talked to him, and he just just said no. And but he sounded terrible. And then you know, there was a lot of people saying that they thought he might because because of his health. He had some sort of like flu type deal he couldn't get over, and um, and so they were really close. And it um, it was a, that's a really sad deal. I think at Big Twelve Media Day, you know, Dana Holgerson said he doesn't think the impact of losing Leach will that people will really get it until we start playing again. And he's not there, and you don't have the press conferences or the sideline interviews or the crazy upsets or anything like that. And I think he's right. I think there's going to be a little bit of a shock to the system for people when they realize that he's not around anymore. It's very yeah. sad. One of the game's great characters. You were around him. I got to be around him a little bit, interviewed him. What a what an awesome guy that was to to visit with. This quarterback you thing that I can't now get my mind off of, Dave. They've <laughs> got Florida State number nine. And don't get me wrong, have they been have they had great ones over the past, but like I mean, other Jameis, that's it, right? I mean, you you don't have anybody since Jameis. He's now been out of college football for like 10 years. And Jameis Winston has to be like 30 by now, 31, 32. I mean, that's it's just interesting to me that you still get to call yourself or be ranked that high in quarterback you when you've gone this long without having a quarterback. Now, they may have one this year. Like I, Florida State, I think, has gotten a little bit better, and they had a pretty decent quarterback last year. I remember early in the season, you know, they almost had that big upset uh, so they do have uh, – was that against – who were they playing? Was that Brian Kelly? No, no, no. That might have been against Brian Kelly. I was just yeah, trying to remember yeah, that, that game. Yeah, that was a great game. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. you know, that I mean, that deal's all based off some, you know, Hale's crazy, David Hale's crazy, uh, you know, mathematical formula based on yeah. guys starting NFL games and all that stuff. So, you know, I don't know how far back that goes, but I um, – you know, there's a lot of people really high on Florida State this year. I think they're going to be uh, really interesting to watch. Uh, for sure, because Norvell, you know, it's taken a little time there, but it seems like, the, you know, the heat's been on him pretty quick, but it seems like pieces are starting to come together, and he's obviously done it in the past. So who knows? I mean, that's another place that's puzzling where, you know, it's sort of like A&M in Texas where the talent's there and the history's there, and why can't they make it come together? And it's been a long, long string. Yeah. But well, the history of this thing, the quarterbacks, Texas number six in quarterback U rankings, <laughs> number five in uh, – 
in the running back, which, I mean, understandable. They've had some of the greatest running backs ever. Let's see where they are on the wide receiver. Did not make it. The Longhorns did not crack the top ten uh, wide receiver U. And um, just interestingly, Oklahoma State fares better in this thing than you would think. Uh, they, obviously, they've had great receivers. Number right. six in wide receiver U, and then they were number 10 in running backs, R, uh, yeah. RBU. And then, uh, by the way, Miami Hurricanes, number one in tight ends, and the Sooners checking in at 10th. This is the only place you'll find, Dave, Missouri. The Missouri Tigers make an appearance on tight end U. <laughs> they they pop up at number at number six, and I don't I do not know why. How is Iowa State? Maybe it's just because this thing goes way back. <laughs> Iowa State's had some unbelievable tight ends, um, and uh, you might have heard by the way they've also had some gamblers here recently. And, they little, uh, uh, and, they've got a little yeah. issue going on right now, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I had an over-under joke on them yesterday. I think you would have liked it, Dave. Uh, <laughs> I may have to reissue that. Hey, great to uh, great to see you. Great to have you on. And um, always good to be at whatever we were, Southern Southern Roots, man. I'll that's meet right. you up there anytime, all right, for some yeah, good iced right. tea and and, uh, and flatbread or whatever that was. I, hey, I about, can't really call I it mean, pizza when they put honey all over it. I don't know if that's really – but that, I love – I like the way it tasted. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's a different, it's a little bit different taste than I'm used to with my pizza. Can we just talk about the fact that in 2023 our Baylor meetups are at, at a brewery? I mean, we've we've come a long way here in in uh, in Waco. So I know I don't I don't know if they want us broadcasting that. Uh, Aaron, <laughs> can you erase what Dave just said? <laughs> no, that you're right. Two, somebody said it to me earlier today. They said 2023 Baylor is different than 19, you know, 85 Grant Taft Baylor. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. That's not to say we've just gone to hell in a handbasket, but we don't maybe get as freaked out by like the sight of alcohol. Um, and because it, it used to be, you kind of snuck in the back door at George's, not me, others, but now <laughs> people walk right in the front door. Okay. Yeah. There's multiple George's. I mean, how about that? Yeah. There's a third one coming. There's a cantina, Jorge's cantina on the way. <laughs> now a certain head coach at Baylor used to drink it there in the solo cup. They had a solo cup for him when he would go to George's. And I'm, okay. I'm not talking. Don't 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 anybody start any rumors. This is not Grant. I promise you, Grant never had anything like that in his hand. But one former head coach liked the solo cup. All right, Dave. Fun talking to you. Uh, I'll right. talk to you soon. Well, appreciate it. Talk to you later. You bet, Dave Wilson, the uh, ESPN.com esteemed editor turned writer and a longtime colleague of mine, going back to our Dallas Morning News days. We got to say good night. We'll do it next. Listen to ESPN Central Texas online at CentexSportsFan.com. Boy, is it hot outside. Did you know that you can tell the temperature by counting a cricket's chirps? Did you know that heat waves can actually make train tracks bend? Or that a 2003 heat wave turned grapes to raisins while still on the vine? Hi there, it's the Foundation Doctor again. During this season of extreme heat, the soil is shrinking, the ground is moving, and we're seeing a lot of foundations starting to move around. Are you seeing new cracks in your walls? Is your shoulder sore from prying that pesky door open? Don't let your home suffer from heat exhaustion. At the Foundation Doctor, we've been curing these elements for many years, and we have the right prescription for you and your home. We have more experience and repair 
better options than anyone in town. So when it comes to your greatest asset, trust the doctor. We'll get you back on level in no time. Give the doctor a call today at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. So for doors that are sticking and cracks in your walls, the Foundation Doctor will make a house call. 